Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast, episode 160. This is going to be a powerful episode, and here's why. I have my good friend Nayla here with me. She has such a strong testimony, but I'm going to tell you why I know this podcast is no doubt going to be good. I've done 160 episodes, and tonight my earphone stopped working, so I got another pair of AirPods. They stopped working. My keyboard stopped working. Then I got my keyboard working. Then my mouse stopped working. Then my camera stopped working, and then <laughs> Nayla's camera stopped, started twitching. So we have had literally every technical difficulty you can possibly have. I am not the person, Nayla, that usually says, oh, it's the devil or gives him credit for any of this, but I know something's going on. This has never happened before. So we know something's going on in the spiritual realm, but we are going to break through in Jesus' name. We're going to see lives change tonight in Jesus' name. We're going to see people delivered in Jesus' name. And I'm praying those in the new age, those in the occult, are going to come out tonight. You're going to see the dangers of it. You're going to see the reality of it. You're going to hear her story, and you're going to come out of the occult. So tonight... Such a powerful testimony you guys are going to hear. I'm so excited for this conversation. I want to also shout out Angela Ucci for setting this up, for introducing me to you and to your testimony. Some of those in the chat maybe have already seen it. Here's what I want you guys to do. Before I start this, I want you to make sure you share the broadcast, like the broadcast, text a friend or family. This is not going to be some religious testimony. This is going to be riveting. You'll be on the edge of your seat. And also, I hope you're okay with me saying this, Nayla. This is viewer discretion is advised. Okay, I was thinking about it. I have four little kids. I told my wife, the kids cannot watch this one tonight. Uh, We don't want to filter anything. If Facebook flags this, oh, well. If YouTube demonetizes it, oh, well. We're not going to filter what we want to talk about for the social media platform. So I want Nayla to have the liberty to talk about what's really going on and what she went through. So if you're young, I would probably say like 15 or under, 14 or under, depending on how mature you are, this is probably not for you. All the kids right now listening in the room, go clean your room. This is not for you. You guys have five seconds to go clean your room. This is mom and dad only or you know older teenagers because I want Nayla to feel the liberty to share some of the dark stuff she came out of because there's some of you in that right now and we want you to come out of that. So I just want to let all the kids know this is not the episode for you. Um, we love you and appreciate you, but this is viewer discretion is advised. Okay, guys. Well, we're going to get started. Nayla, how are you feeling? Thank you for being on tonight. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, brother. I'm so excited. And like you said, the resistance to us starting this just proves that it's going to be powerful. And I'm just so grateful I have an opportunity to share this with everyone. And Absolutely. yeah. It's going to be good. And, and guys, uh, she won't go super in-depth on some of her childhood. She has a two-and-a-half-hour testimony on her channel, which is linked, guess where, in the description. So you guys can go check out her channel. She also have she has great interviews on Heaven and Healing podcast on YouTube. That's Angela Ucci's channel. So make sure you check out Heaven and Healing to find other interviews she's done. But again, her testimony is so powerful. And she's a woman of God. She's not one of these weird yoo-hoo people that come out of the New Age and go into New Age Christianity. She is solid. She is a sister and she is on fire for God. And so the testimony is super powerful. I always look at people that have stories like yours, Nayla, and I want to hear how did they get to that place? You know, you see people in such gross darkness. You specialize, which we'll talk about tonight, in blood magic. You know, this is very dark, very, very dark stuff. And I look at someone like you that you're bright, you're shining, you're on fire for God, you're preaching the gospel. And I go like, how did you go from being literally a blood witch 
to now people are calling you a goddess in your community to now you are serving the Lord. And we're going to talk about that whole thing tonight, that transition. But let's start with what was your upbringing like? I'm interested where you grew up, where you raised in church and uh, what did your childhood look like? Yeah, so I was not raised in Christianity. I never went to church once in my childhood, never read the Bible, um, never heard the gospel. I was actually raised in the occult by witches. Um, wow. The people who raised me, my, my parents, my teachers, my, the parents of my peers and all of the people who influenced me, they wouldn't think of themselves necessarily as witches. Some of them would call themselves that, others wouldn't. But everything in my childhood was... Um, deeply entrenched in the occult. So all of my education of the spiritual realm was um, from within the occult. So I grew up just um, thinking it was normal to commune with spirits, talk to spirits. I could hear voices from a young age. I could talk to um, different spirit guides, which I now know are demons. I went to um, an occult school. It's a pagan occult school that was founded by um, a man named Waldorf Steiner, who is an Austrian occultist, or he was an Austrian occultist, very prominent occultist um, in his era. And he founded the Waldorf Steiner School, which is where I had all of my education. So we were taught to like do witchcraft. I mean, now I know those things are witchcraft, but at the time that was just spirituality to me. That was how you connect with God. You um, worship the creation, you make altars, you do spells, you do rituals. You know, by the time I was like in early puberty, I knew how to do moon rituals, how to cast spells, how to invoke spirits, how to use sage, how to use all the different ritual elements of fire, air, water to like commune with the spirit realm. And I could talk to the different spirit guides that I was working with. Yeah. I could also wow. astro project. It was just like, yeah, I astro projected from like age three. Um, so it was just normal for me to, to do those things. That is so crazy. And in America, a lot of people listening right now that are in the US, they've really, they're disconnected from the idea that a lot of the world is highly spiritual. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, this whole debate of deliverance or the supernatural in the church. That debate mostly happens in the US. If you go to like Africa or other countries, I just name mm -hmm. Africa for an example, there's no arguing about the supernatural. No one there is going like, oh, we don't believe in the supernatural. Everybody mm -hmm. there pretty much believes in the supernatural realm. And it sounds like where you're from, it was a very supernatural upbringing, of course, demonic but it was yeah. very normal to be in the, in the spiritual realm. And like you said, you weren't going to church at all as a kid. You said you've never, you were never in church no. as a kid. No, it was strange. Like I was raised in such an occultic bubble. It was so insulated that I didn't even encounter um, Christian things because, so I was raised in the UK. Um, I was raised in a, a town called Bristol, which is like two hours from London. And it's a very liberal, very like hippie part of the world. And so everyone's super spiritual. But in the bubble I grew up in, especially going to the cult school that I went to, we were not allowed to watch TV or listen to the radio. So I wasn't even exposed wow. to like the kind of cultural, fluffy Christianity you might get through watching movies and stuff. I didn't have any awareness of who Jesus was and I never encountered any anything to do with Christianity. I had no Christian friends, never heard the gospel. Wow. And I know you said that in your upbringing at age seven, I believe it was, there was molestation happening at the school. And I know you yeah. talk about in your testimony, how you felt a demon enter you at age seven. Will you talk about that? Yeah. So there was like a, a lot of pedophilic activity in the school I was in, and there would be like periodic rumors going around, like something's happening with this person or with this 
uh, parent and things like that. And I knew about these things because my mum would tell me and she would kind of warn me against things that she had heard as a parent. So it was all kind of um, like gossip and, and, and whispering about different things. Um, so I was aware that I needed to be like cautious of certain adults. Um, but I ended up when I was between the ages six and seven, um, getting molested by older girls from my school who had been victims themselves of pedophilic oh. activity with men in, in the community. So, you know, that spirit that was operating through those men moved through those older girls. And so, uh, I received that spirit and it was a spirit of sexual perversion. And it just, I, I, I felt it enter me because up until that point, I was very innocent. I was very non-sexual. I was an incredibly sensitive, innocent child. And from that point on, after the abuse occurred, I became addicted to um, masturbation and I could not stop masturbating from age seven. Like just, it was, it was a compulsion and I felt ashamed of it. I would try to hide it, but it was really an addiction. I had to do it in order to have peace. And so that started as a result of getting that unclean spirit. Um, and when I got delivered from that, once I was born again, Jesus showed me that it was a spirit of sexual perversion specifically that that entered me. And also, um, yeah, just just like an unclean spirit of like having an addiction to sex. Yeah, that is that is terrible. Do you think that um, the pedophilia and the sexual nature of the occult, is that tied into that when you're talking about all these rituals growing up in an occult? Is that t are the, are these things like working together? Is there sexualization in the occult rituals that these people are doing or how do, how do those things tie together? Yeah, I mean, I can't say whether that was definitely the case at my school, but it my my understanding now that I'm saved is that the satanic um, cults of this world, whether they're uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say all these names. Can I say the things? Yeah, go ahead. Whatever. You know, like, tonight you know, we don't care if they take us down. We're already yeah, going to okay. get no monetization on this. We, we're just going to go for it. It's okay. You know, okay. So satanic organizations, whether you're talking about the Freemasons or um, like different tiers of uh, the occult, they all operate in um, the sexual molestation of children as well as blood sacrifice as primary tenets of their religion, of their demonic religion. So I'm sure that um, this, it's not a coincidence that I went to a pagan school that taught us to worship nature as God, the creation as, as God, taught us how to um, do rituals. I mean, every day we had to stand up and, and recite a pagan ritual that basically deifies the creation and um, invites children to commune with the supernatural, but without Jesus, you know, through fairies and sprites and spirits. It's not a coincidence that I went to a school like that and there was a lot of pedophilic activity in the school. Yeah, that is that is, you know, nowadays, even in the US, I think it was Teen Vogue a couple of years ago, I posted a thing taught young girls and this is again graphic and disgusting but taught young girls in an article casually on teen vogue which i believe their demographic is ages uh female 11 to i think 19 something like that but teen vogue front page of their website was how to use your period blood and in, in blood rituals and i was so mind blown 
that this is being taught to children that one of the most popular for teenage girls magazines is so wow. blatantly now openly saying we're going to teach you and again this is graphic and and disgusting and vile but we're going to teach you how to use your period blood to do rituals and it was casually on the homepage i didn't believe it and someone told me and then i went to the homepage and did a whole story on it and then now recently we see what's going viral i did a video on it i think you posted about it today cosmopolitan yeah. is now teaching people how to do satanic this is their words not mine satanic abortion rituals this is now something happening and they've left the post up people are outraged by it they leave the post up of course there's a lot of young ladies and young men that are following these magazines i think the post before that was taylor swift and beyonce so here you have like yeah. a picture of taylor swift and beyonce the next picture is how to do a satanic abortion ritual and in the instagram post i know you saw this it was step-by-step -step guide on mm -hmm. this is what you do you take the abortion pill you look yourself in the mirror you quote this thing which the the, the sentence they quoted i didn't want to repeat it it's complete blasphemy it basically takes things of the bible and twists them and turns them upside down and it's all about worship of self and you 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 it's unbelievably demonic and i know for you you went from you know age seven going through that growing up in a cult background learning about magic and witchcraft as a kid to um Talk about your teenage years. Was it age 19 when you went through something with an abortion? If, you, if you'd if you feel free yeah. to share that as well, you can talk about that. Yeah, so just to mention with that Cosmopolitan article, like there's an upside down cross on every page of the, of the article. So like you said, it's just like this blasphemy and this constant um, perversion of the gospel, which is really what all this witchcraft and um, blood ritual is. It's a counterfeit. Um, for, for for things that we see in the Bible, which I'm sure we'll get to later. But so, yeah, when I was, um, and, and I also want to say just before I share that, that, you know, the people in my school or the people I went to school with, the people I grew up with, they don't consider what they were doing satanic because the whole the whole point is that like even the church of Satanism, they, they don't believe in Satan. Yep. They say it's just worship of the self. It's just your truth. So these are people who are unknowingly worshiping Satan. And as I was as a new ager, I, I didn't consciously think I was making sacrifices to the devil. And yet I was just because you don't know you're doing something doesn't mean you're not doing it. Like if you, yeah, if you don't have the eyes to see, the world has said that Satan worship is just like self-love and self-worship. So so yeah, with um, when I was 19, I mean, I, I had uh, an extremely um, traumatic transition into teenhood. I was taking a lot of drugs in order to quiet the voices in my head because I had so many demons. I had a spirit of suicide that was telling me to kill myself every oh. single day from age 11 until I got saved at 32. So it was so just waking up and being alive every day was spiritual agony. And I believed I was crazy. I thought I was schizophrenic because I could hear all these different voices. I was addicted to self-harm as well. I had so much going on. I was in so much pain that I started to use drugs and alcohol at a young age. Um, and so because of that, I partied a lot and um, I got myself into a lot of different um, promiscuous and unsafe situations. When I was 19, um, I had a late-term abortion. Um, and it was kind of like the latest that you could have it at the time legally in England. And so they had to put me under uh, general anesthetic, like fully asleep. And uh, I died on the operating table. My heart stopped. I flatlined and I just wow. died. And um, it's just such a testimony to the glory and the mercy, specifically the mercy of God, because as I'm lying there dead on the operating table, 
God would have been perfectly justified to have let the devil take my soul to hell in that moment because I was in the process of murdering my own child. And so he would have been justified to just give me over to the devil, but he brought me back and he gave me a second chance at life. Even though I was doing something so wicked, he had mercy on me. And um, yeah, he said in the spirit realm, like that one's mine, you know, because he knew I was going to get saved much wow. later, much later down the line. But of course, God knew that his plan for me was salvation through Jesus Christ. So yeah, I came, I was brought back to life. They resuscitated me. And um, at the time, I didn't think I was doing this. But once I was saved, I realized um, one of the first things Jesus showed me once I was born again um, was that that abortion was a blood sacrifice to the devil. It's a satanic ritual. When you kill a child to further yourself like i don't i just want to have fun i want to travel i want to have a career i don't have enough money to have a baby or i'm not ready or i'm too young you know all the reasons that i had were very selfish like i don't i don't want this right now so this is a sacrifice of a life in order to better myself that is the tenant of satanism you know wow. like the, their mantra when they sacrifice children and when they make blood sacrifices in the satanic church their mantra is, um, how do you, do you remember the phrasing of it? It's like, let, let yourself be the yep, fulfillment my, of the law. Will, my will be done, my blood, my will, pre pretty much anti what the gospel teaches. It's Jesus's yeah. blood, God's will. They basically give oh, an yes, anti-chant. Anti do as thou wilt, like is the fulfillment of the law. So it's a perversion yep. of, of God's 10 commandments. It's a perversion of the true spiritual law that was created by the almighty one and only God. Jesus Christ. So they have this like perverted version, like the whole law, the whole commandment is just do what you want and honor the self. So that's why abortion is a satanic ritual, not because you think of it that way, but because when you kill someone and offer their blood to the devil in order to have a better life, like that's the definition of a satanic ritual. You offer up a sacrifice to Satan, and in return, you get something that um, temporarily betters you, like money, fame. And that's what we see through Hollywood. We see um, celebrities paying the piper in order to be in that system, going through um, the Freemason uh, connections and, and climbing that ladder in order to get money and power. They have to make sacrifices. Everything is, everything is founded on sacrifice. And Actually, ever, I really wanted to talk about this because people don't yeah. necessarily understand the power of blood. Like I was, and I know we're going to get to this later in my testimony, but I was a blood witch. Like the main thing I, I kind of majored in within New Age was blood magic. And so when I got saved through the atoning blood of Jesus, Come I on. realized the power of the blood. Like blood is powerful. The devil knows how powerful blood is. And that's why all Satanists use blood in their rituals. And um, as Christians, we know how powerful blood is because it's Jesus' blood that was shed for yes. us, that washes us clean of sin and saves us. And the but a lot of people don't see the connection. So I can see why God allowed me to go through what I did in the occult wow. so that I would have a deeper understanding of the power of the blood of Jesus. Because... So in Leviticus, it says that the power of the, no, hang on. It says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. Yep. So we know, understanding um, from the Bible, that blood is, 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 is required to atone for sins. Um, 
because the wages of sin is death. So when, when there's sin, there's going to be a death, there's going to be a sacrifice. So in the Old Testament, people sacrificed animals, shedding blood to atone for their sins. And then in the New Testament, Jesus becomes the ultimate sacrifice, shedding his blood for our sins. The reason for that is because life is in the blood. Yep. So life, life is everything. Like without life, we, we have nothing, right? So there's power in life. There's like power in where the life is at. And the life is in the blood, according to God, according to the word of God. So Satanists understand this. And that's why the devil requires blood sacrifice, because it's powerful. So when you kill your baby in your womb, you're shedding blood. And that's a ritual. That's not just a, like a... They tell you it's like, oh, you're just removing tissue. It's like getting a mole removed. No, there's a life. There's life. There's God-given life in yes. your womb. And you're sacrificing it, which enacts the, the power of um, offering up life as a sacrifice to a God. So in the Old Testament, they offered up life of the blood of like a lamb to God to atone for sins. In satanic church, they offer up the life of children's blood to the devil to get power from him. Um, so it's, blood is powerful because that's where life is. And sin requires the shedding of blood. And so you can either be shedding blood for the devil or you can be under the shed blood of Jesus who paid the Come price on. once and for all for all of our sins. Like he's the final sacrifice. We don't have to keep shedding blood for our sins because Jesus already did it once and for all for us. So it's so good. Everything I was doing with blood magic and this abortion as well, it's a counterfeit. It's a demonic counterfeit for the power of blood. It's like the devil knows the blood is powerful, so he wants to use it as currency. But blood is powerful because that's where life is. And God designed it that way, knowing Jesus would come and shed his blood once and for all for all of us. And that's why there's nothing more powerful in this whole existence than the blood of Jesus. Yes, because that's the amen. blood of God. <laughs> that's, that's perfect so blood, perfect life. I was thinking about when you say that, how the Bible says in Genesis that when Cain killed Abel, God says, your brother's innocent blood cries out to me. So literally the blood of the innocent that was shed cries out to God. And I often have the thought, what does the sound of 70 million babies murdered in the United States since 1973, what is the sound of that blood? How loud is the cry of 70 million innocent kids that have been murdered in their mother's womb? Supposed to be the safest place ever is your mom's womb. And in America, the most dangerous place to be is in the mother's womb. It is more right. dangerous than the streets of LA, walking down the streets of San Francisco, being in the ghettos of Atlanta, wherever you can think of that's dangerous, the mother's womb is more dangerous. It's one of the leading causes of death in the world is abortion. And here we have an entire movement of Christians that are behind this blood sacrifice to the ancient god Moloch. That's what it is. These demonic gods are bloodthirsty. And the same thing that Moloch was looking for when the people were sacrificing their children in the fires of Moloch. And then God tells the people, don't sacrifice your kids in the fires of Moloch. And these, these mothers were throwing their babies in the fire. And if they cried or showed remorse as their babies were screaming, burning alive, they would be considered that their sacrifice to Moloch wasn't void. And here we have now women that are going in getting abortions, sacrificing their babies to this God Moloch. This demon power is being emboldened and empowered through 70 million plus babies murdered. And meanwhile, America's silent about it. Meanwhile, you won't see a commercial about it. Meanwhile, the church won't even talk about it. 
We saw during the overturning of Roe v. Wade, the silence in the church. I had pastor friends telling me, don't speak out about this. Don't talk about Roe v. Wade. You know, there's people that are, it's very controversial. It is not controversial. This is not a political issue. Abortion is a life issue. And we can't keep going on thinking that this is okay, thinking that this is fine. And you're someone, like you said, coming from someone that had a late-term abortion, how horrific it was, how you died on the operating table. There's so many women out there right now that think it's no big deal. There's men that think it's no big deal. Abortion is murder. When they did a survey of 1,000 women that got abortions, 50% of the women said they killed their baby. I don't even want to call it abortion. I'll say it this way. 50% of the women said they killed their baby because they didn't want to take the responsibility and they couldn't afford to have a baby. Zero, this is what the statistic was, less than 0.5% of the thousand women got it due to rape. The rest of them got it because they didn't want it. We're just going to throw it away. And now, sadly, you have the ability to spend $400 to get an abortion. It's cheaper to get an abortion than to buy a new television. Like what, what a nation we live in and what judgment is coming. I mean, we are going to be judged for the blood of 70 million babies. It is only the mercy and grace of God that America hasn't been judged. And if you read the book of Revelation, Nayla, and you see God's wrath being poured out and you go, Mm -hmm. God, why so much wrath? But you guys have to realize all of these babies we murdered is storing up the wrath of God. The Bible Mm -hmm. says our wickedness, we're storing up wrath. That's what the book of Romans says. And so... The tribulation period is all of this wrath being poured out that we have been storing up as a nation. So we definitely are under, I believe, heavy judgment and God is only by his grace relenting from judgment. But there will come a day where we have to pay. America Mm -hmm. has to pay for 70 million babies. And so now we have the Roe v. Wade, which praise the Lord, the overturning. Now it's a state level. The government overturned it. Now they have to go state. But what the satanic temple is doing, and I don't want to get off on a trail here, is they are using calling abortion a ritual which finally they're admitting what it truly is, it is but now they're yeah. calling it a ritual to use religious liberty to overcome the fact that they're not allowed to get abortions right. so now they're saying right. no this is our religion now to give satanic abortion rituals so in new wow. mexico they opened a clinic a satanic abortion clinic and they have on the sign hey come get your satanic abortion come perform your religious ritual and they're finally showing their true colors of what this really is the devil's right. bold enough to say, hey, we can't kill babies in certain states because Roe v. Wade's overturned. But now we're going to tell you guys what's really going on. And we're going to use abortion rituals. And America's America's fine with it. Uh, the American yeah. people go, my body, my choice, which we know is demonic. It's not your body. When there's a baby in you, it's not your body. It's not your fingers. It's not your heart. That's why if you kill someone that's pregnant, you get a double homicide. Why would you get a double homicide? Because the person in you is not your body. It's a second right. body that you're killing. So we have such, such a satanic movement going. I really believe abortion is what's feeding the occult. Abortion is what's feeding. And, you know, there's a whole book on He Came to Set the Captives Free where there's a lady heavily involved in the occult. And she talks about, we won't go into it, but all of these children sacrifices, basically women in the occult are pregnant just so that they could have the baby and sacrifice the baby. It's so dark and vile stuff. We probably couldn't say on this podcast. It's really happening right now. While the church is sleeping, the devil's raging while the church is so busy arguing over, should we speak in tongues or not? Should we debate once saved, always saved the devil rages and the church sleeps. And so I believe your testimony is a clarion call, a wake up call to the body of Christ. Now's the time to spit out the pacifier put the big boy pants on, take the sword of the spirit, put on the full armor of God. It's time Mm -hmm. to armor up. We have to go to war 
against the kingdom of darkness. It's time to pray. It's time to fast. It's time to get in the word. It's time to, men, come on, get off the UFC, get off the football, and start putting the blood over the doorpost of your house. Start being armed mm-hmm. and dangerous. You know, Jesus showed up and the demon said, Jesus, why are you tormenting us? Jesus's presence tormented the devil. Why is the devil, why are we being entertained by the demons instead of tormenting the demons? Like it's time to give the spirit of anxiety, anxiety. It's time to give the spirit of fear, fear. I really believe this is the moment now where God is raising up people. And you're part of that, Naylor. The reason why I'm going off on this whole rant is because you are part of the end time army that God is raising up, literally pulled you out of the very depths of hell. The deep, you were in yeah. the deepest place of darkness there is, literally yeah. raised in the occult and magic. And here now God is bringing you out. So now here you are, seven years Mm -hmm. old, you go through that horrific thing. Absolutely terrible. Mm -hmm. Here you go through your teenage years, 19, you have a um, late, late term abortion in the UK, I believe you said. What is the catalyst, Nayla, for you to go, okay, I'm going to stop dabbling in this and I'm going full in, full into the new age movement. We'll talk also about blood magic, full into the occult. Um, You did that from... Like you said, you were raised in it to, you got saved at 32, if I'm not mistaken, which of course we'll talk about that as well. But you spend 20 something years practicing the occult heavily. What's the catalyst and how do you go from being a 19 year old getting an abortion to now, as you say in your own words, dedicating your womb to Satan and becoming a goddess in your own words and a blood witch. Mm -hmm. How does that, how does that happen? Yeah, just before we go into that, I just want to speak to everything you just said about abortion. I just want to say that if anyone is watching this, any woman who is considering abortion, I just want you to know that this is life inside of you. And I hope that us talking about this will will just um, confirm to you that this is not just tissue. This is life. This is God-given life inside of you. And, you know, even if you think of it in the the world's terminology, like it's it's just... um, an abortion rather than using the word murder or it's just tissue we're removing rather than using the word baby or child just just try and actually um just sit with the reality that you do know behind all of that because i say this when i was was going into the bathroom to 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 take the final medication before the abortion and i'm thinking at that time like this is just this is just a procedure like this wow. is not a baby this is just like a a medical procedure like getting a wart removed or something but when i went into the bathroom to take the final medication um they tell you if you take this there's no going back like once you take this the baby's definitely gonna be removed and i went into the bathroom and i sat there with this medication and even in my complete justified state of thinking i'm doing something i'm allowed to do it's my body my choice i said out loud bye bye baby like that's what came that's what came out of my mouth and I wasn't even thinking in those terms. I wasn't even thinking this was life inside of me. And yet something deep in me, my God-given conscience, my God-given conscience understood that this is a baby inside of me. So I just want to say, if you're considering an abortion right now, this is a baby inside of you. You know it, you can feel it. And just please consider that it is a life inside of you. It's not just tissue. Um, abortion is murder. It is It is the death of a baby. It is ending the life of a human baby. So that is... That is murder. And, and um, I want to say, too, you will if you are in the chat and you're on the verge of getting an abortion, which there's multiple thousand people in here, someone in here is on the verge of wanting to get an abortion. No doubt yeah. about it. You will live with regret for the rest of your life. Don't do it. Yes. Don't, don't do, do it. it. Hell rejoices every time a baby is aborted. And I don't even want to say aborted, murdered. Do not do it. It's not worth it. You'll live in regret. 
And anyone you know that's got an abortion regrets it. There's no one yes. that's happy about their abortion. It's absolutely horrific. So if you're in the chat right now, I just felt the Holy Spirit moving as you were talking. We're just praying for you that the Holy Spirit would convict you right now, that God would bring comfort and grace. You can take it to a fire department. Any fire department has a safe mm -hmm. drop-off for a baby. You could take the baby to a fire department. You could take it to the police department. You can message me on Instagram. I'll come pick up that baby. I'm telling you right now, I'll come yeah. adopt that baby. I don't care. It is not worth it. There's thousands of people every year waiting to adopt a newborn and you're going to go ahead and murder yours don't do it it's not worth it don't i just wanted it. to touch on that nayla because i think it's important yeah. you said that somebody watching exactly there, the there's always another solution you know like if, if you're in that position my heart goes out to you we love you but just don't make this decision to kill your child because as isaiah said like this will destroy you it once I made this sacrifice to the devil, which is what it was, because I was already involved in occultic stuff, the doors in my life were already open to the spirit realm and to demons. Once I killed my baby, everything just got worse. So yeah, to, to go into what you what you asked, Isaiah, like I, after the abortion, after that sacrifice to the devil, that blood sacrifice opened me up to even more um, torment. Um, I was suffering from suicidal thoughts constantly, but that increased, my anxiety increased. I started to be just so overwhelmed with depression um, and I would have panic attacks. So I couldn't even leave the house. I would try to walk out of the house and just have a full blown, full body panic attack and have to rush back inside because I couldn't breathe. I was hyperventilating all the time at work or on, on trains, on buses. I just was, it was absolute torment. And it's because I kept, um, I kept making horrible decisions. <laughs> that actually um, were sacrifices to the devil. I didn't know that at the time, but so life just continued to, to be more and more unbearable to the point where I became a complete alcoholic as a way to deal with the emotional pain I was in. I was a functioning alcoholic. I had a job and I would come home and drink like five to 10 bottles of wine every night. And so life became so toxic and just so awful that after a breakup that caused um, like a real trauma, it was a, a very toxic relationship and he cheated on me and I just, I had a nervous breakdown. I, I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't function. And I realized that I needed to, because I've been dabbling in occult stuff um, as an adult, um, like reading books and doing rituals, but I'd kind of left behind like the very active um, ritualistic elements I used to do as a child because of like the moon circles I was in and the drum circles I was in as part of my school and my friends um, growing up. You know, as I got older, I became a bit more atheist, a bit more worldly. It was more about partying and drinking. So when I got to this point of having this nervous breakdown after this breakup, I was like, I need to heal. It just, something hit me and I realized that I was not okay. I realized that I needed healing. And at the time, yoga and healing through yoga and meditation was becoming very popular in, in the West. It was really booming. And so I look into the world and I'm asking, where can I find healing? And the world wow. is saying back to me, if you want to heal, you must do yoga. Like, because yoga wow. is the answer. Yoga will fix all your problems. Yoga promises you inner healing. It promises you inner peace. These are all things that I was desperate for. So I started to practice yoga and it really felt like my salvation. I loved it. I, I just felt like I had found the thing that was going to fix me. And um, because of that, I became a really, really obsessed with it. And I, um, one of the things I liked about yoga is as a child, I could astro project. So I would just regularly leave my body and travel to different locations around the world, have different uh, experiences with spirits um, and just open portals and 
do what in the new age they call grid work. So it's like opening portals and interacting with the different spirits within different um, principalities. And I could do that from a young age. And when I started practicing yoga, I found that the meditation that I would do on the mat um, would give a real direction to my astro projection gift. I could shoot out of my body and journey with the specific Hindu deities that I was wow. worshiping during the practice. So I could go and have an experience with Vishnu, or I could go and have an experience with Shakti, or I could go into these um, very real spiritual dimensions and have these interactions, get these upgrades, get these codes, get this secret wisdom from these spirits. So I found um, that I was like a duck to water with yoga. It really suited me. And, and I thought right now I have my purpose. So I became a yoga teacher. Um, and that is what led me deeper and deeper into the occult because yoga is a gateway drug. You will never just do a little bit of yoga and then go back to honoring God with your life. You'll start doing a bit of yoga and then you'll, you'll realize, oh, I have an energy system and I have a chakra system. And then once you realize that you want to do different sound healing or you want to work with those chakras, you start to do meditation, which is a primary tenant of yoga. So once you're meditating, you're entering into the spirit realm, you start to have visions and you start to hear spirit guides coming to you. Um, you're invoking through like yogic chanting, you're actually invoking demons. So demons start to speak to you. So yoga goes from stretching very quickly. It goes to what we call energy work, which can be anything from sound healing, crystal healing, Reiki, different forms of manipulating energy or the spirit um, and the spirit realm. So I went from just doing this for inner peace for myself to doing this to commune with demons and teach wow. other people how to um, ascend in consciousness and become enlightened. That's the ultimate goal of yoga. And it's coming um, from someone who is yeah. a yoga instructor. What do you say to people in the chat tonight that say, I'm a Christian that does yoga. What, what would your advice be to them um, thinking they can still, hey, we're having it at the church. We're just practicing mm -hmm. yoga, but we're not doing the spiritual side of it. What are your thoughts on that? Well, saying that you're a Christian who practices yoga um, is like saying I'm a Christian who practices Hinduism. It doesn't make any sense because Christianity is the, is the worship of one God. And God says very clearly, you shall have no other gods but me. So if you're a Christian, you follow the God who requires us to be monogamous to him, right? This is yep. not a polyamorous God. So if, if you're a Christian, you can't also be a Buddhist or you can't also be a Hindu. Yoga is a Hindu practice. It is the, wor the spiritual worship of Hindu gods using physical asanas or poses to pay homage and worship to said Hindu gods. So yoga is a spiritual practice with physical benefits, not the other way around. It is primarily demon worship. It was designed to worship the deities or demons behind yoga. So you can't divorce the spiritual practice from the physical asanas of yoga. So even if your intention, I hear Christians say, yeah, I'm but my intention, yep. you know, because my intentions are pure. <laughs> I'm just stretching. In intentions, unfortunately, the devil doesn't care about your intentions. Right. So for example, my intention in having an abortion was not to kill a baby, but to relieve myself from a difficult situation and, and be a good person and have a better life. That was my intention. I wasn't trying to hurt anyone. And yet, even with that intention, I committed murder and I made a blood sacrifice to the devil. He doesn't care if you know what you're doing so long as you do it. So if your intention 
is to worship Jesus and listen to Psalms while you do yoga. It doesn't matter because you are using your whole body to say, I agree with you, Satan, because you're worshiping the demons. Like the physical poses were designed to pay worship to that specific demon. There are 33 million Hindu gods, demigods, small g gods, which, is, which are demons. They're, they're fallen angels. So there are 33 million different fallen angels that you are worshiping when you put your body into the position of those worship poses. Doesn't matter what your intention is. Wow, that's so good. And for those of you in the chat, like, can I still stretch? Yes, don't do yes. yoga poses. Don't do yoga. You don't need to do the triple dragon, 32 dog down, whatever the poses are. Right, these poses to are totally, these poses They're... are totally unnatural. You don't naturally yes. go into these poses when you stretch. Like some of the poses that I used to do, like I would pretzel myself so that my head was like through my legs. Like they look demonic. They look physically impossible, these poses. That's not, you can't accidentally do that. Don't worry. You're not going to like try and stretch and accidentally go into That's a good. yoga pose. Just move naturally, move as the Holy Spirit inside of you guides you to move, but don't do yoga. Yoga involves making certain sounds, doing certain chants and putting your body in certain poses. Just don't do that. I'm glad you said that. And those in the chat that are going, hey, I didn't know this. This is why we're doing this tonight. There's pastors. I get it. You know, small church has a yoga thing at the church. I've seen people send me this over and over. I'm at a small 40, 50 person church and no hate to the church, by the way. But they say, oh, I'm having yoga at the church. And literally the pastor's wife usually is running it. She She's ignorant. And I'm not mm -hmm. saying ignorant in a rude way. The word ignorant means they don't know. And so yeah. tonight we're bringing, we're not here to bash on them and hate on them. We're here to bring information, bring understanding and knowledge so you can say, oh, wow, I didn't mm -hmm. know this was wrong. As you mm -hmm. said, Nayla, you were doing tons of stuff. You didn't know it was demonic. You didn't know it was no. the devil. But no. tonight we are literally pulling the blankets off of the devil. We are exposing him for what he is. So now you can say, wow, I thought it was just stretching. But now I realize coming yeah. from guys. I'm pointing to her. She is an ex yoga teacher. Like guys, don't be deceived. She knows what she's talking about. She was involved in this heavily and it was a gateway drug into this, into the occult, into the new age yeah. movement. So now you go from yoga. What's your next step on your journey to what you eventually would become a, a goddess. And I'm using air quotes mm. here. Obviously you weren't a real goddess. You, you thought you were, but you became a goddess and a yeah. blood witch. What's the next step from that? I know you talk about um, is it spiral? It's like this thing that you went oh, to Australia yeah. to do. Talk to us yeah. about that and how you got involved with that as well. Yeah. So because yeah, the devil loves people doing yoga because it's a really effective way to pump people full of demons because you wow. literally, you open your physical body as well as your mind and your heart to these demons. You, you, you literally speak chants, welcoming them in, you do their specific pose. And um, so it's a really quick way to get a lot of demons. So then the more you practice yoga, the more you start to feel drawn to other things. So I started to feel like I, I really wanted to have a Kundalini awakening. That's kind of um, an idol within yoga is the idea of having a Kundalini awakening. So a Kundalini awakening is essentially when an energetic serpent activates from your from the bottom of your spine serpent. Which is your... say that again for those in the back <laughs> a serpent a serpent a snake so the goal is that you want this serpent to activate from the bottom of your spine your root chakra and to spiral all the way up through your different chakras which run along your spine up to the top of your head and then the, the head of the serpent kind of 
comes inside of your head and takes over your mind and gives you like a a third eye opening spiritual awakening that they call a kundalini activation. A lot of people when they experience this actually have symptoms of psychosis and get hospitalized because it is such an intense experience. You look as if you've gone crazy to the rest of the world. So it's actually a demonic manifestation of a very evil spirit. Um, a kundalini demon um, essentially takes over your body and your mind. So I wanted that to happen because in yoga, that's considered a bit of a golden calf. You want to have a kundalini activation to be truly spiritual. So I um, started working with the spiral system, which is really under the same spirit, even though they wouldn't, they wouldn't define themselves as the same thing, but it's essentially an activation of energy through your spine, working with the chakra system. Um, and it's, it's under the premise of emotional and spiritual healing. It all, it all, it's all labeled as healing. Um, angel of light. Yeah, exactly. The devil appears as an angel of light. He's not going to show up and say, I want to do something that's going to make you demon possessed and tormented. He's going to offer you something that gives you what you're looking for. What is every human being looking for? What was I looking for? Healing. And I wanted peace. I was looking for peace. So I thought when I have an awakening, a Kundalini awakening, I'm going to have peace. So I went, I moved to Australia and I went to do a, um, spiral dynamics activation the spot is called the spiral it's a very um demonic kind of niche part of new age there's just new age is a buffet of yes endless modalities so the spiral is just one of the many the millions of modalities but um i had a, a kundalini activation during that time um i lost my vision like my vision just went speckly and I got dizzy and then everything went black and my whole body went to like to stone, like completely solid. I couldn't move. It was like every muscle in my body more than spasmed. Like I was locked in my body and I couldn't even open my mouth to speak. So I can't see, I can't speak. I'm fitting like I'm having a seizure and um, it was terrifying. And I was like that for eight hours. And that that's wow, what they, eight they hours you were paralyzed like that. I was paralyzed inside of my body, terrified, feeling I'm going to die, feeling my heart's going to explode, can't oh. cry out for help. Um, and these are, this is, we know as Christians, when we've seen deliverance, this is a demonic yes. manifestation. Yep. But in the, in the New Age, they call this a, an awakening or an activation. So were you so, expecting you to, to be basically paralyzed for eight hours? Were they like, basically, no. it's working or is this, <laughs> it went bad, something went bad? No, it, it, it was like unexpected. But then afterwards, everyone told me that's good. That's good. That oh, means that you, 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 had, you had like a Kundalini activation. So now you're like on a new level of, of, of spiritual consciousness. So I, I gaslit myself, which is really what we all do in New Age. We tell ourselves like, I'm doing this shadow work and it's excruciating or I'm in this twin flame relationship that feels abusive, but it must be good because New Age modalities tell you if if you're feeling like all these different traumatic results of your practice that is actually like progress right it's working you're healing you're in a healing process you're on a healing journey and of course that healing journey never ends it's just an endless hamster wheel of healing because as soon as wow. you've healed one thing you have another thing and it goes on and on and on so I, I got really involved with the spiral and that's what led me into the, the womb work. And because Nayla, give me one second. They're saying mm. the sound is cutting out. Let me check this one second. Oh yeah. It looks clear on, I mean, all everything on my program is green. 
So let's Your see. sound or my sound or both? No, the, oh. we sound great. And actually on the, on my platform stream, like where I send the stream, everything's clear. But they're saying that it's um it's glitching. So choppy. Mm. Oh no. Okay, let's see. Oh, no. I'm watching on YouTube and it's clear. I don't know why people a lot of people are saying the devil's a liar. Guys, yeah, there's three thousand of you here on YouTube, which is I hope it doesn't kick you guys. Um, it looks clear and perfect, just the sound. Okay, guys, everybody refresh the feed on your YouTube page. Stay here. There's 3,000 of you. Do not leave because once people start leaving, it messes up the whole thing. So make sure um, everyone's saying Facebook's clear. Okay, so if Facebook is perfectly clear, it means that it's YouTube's issue because my okay. program is completely clear. No missed frames. Everything's fine and good. So it looks like it's uh, YouTube. Okay, everything's good now. Refresh the page. It's good. Everything's working. Okay, cool. It was just a glitch on YouTube's end. Okay, so you're talking about, I think the last thing they heard was you had this awakening, you're paralyzed for eight yeah. hours. And the last thing was everybody's telling you this is a good awakening that you're having. This is fine. So mm -hmm. where do you go from there? So I became really fascinated with the womb. So in the chakra system, you're working with different parts of the body. There's like the third eye chakra is like your third eye or your mind and then the heart chakra and, the, and they mean different things. And I honed in on my womb chakra because I felt like I was having a lot of activations in that area. I felt like I was receiving spiritual guidance from the different uh, deities I was worshiping to start to use my womb chakra. Um, and for those who don't understand what I mean when I say chakra, a chakra is like an energy center in the body. So the womb chakra would would be not only your physical womb, but the energy center around your womb. In, in new the age, new age, guys. Yeah, in the, in new, the age. new age. We're not trying to teach in you the guys the new age. Yeah. Yeah. Just to like be clear, it, go ahead. They, it, in the new age, everything is about energy. So like, you know, th there is such a thing as energy that God has created, but the devil has perverted demonic, it. And yep. in, yeah. So in the new age, chakras are considered to be an energy center. And I, I started to receive codes and downloads and information through these spirits in my womb so i started to channel essentially i became a psychic medium so i would connect to my womb and then i would start to speak to these different spirits and it sounds so weird and crazy to say now but it would feel like these demons were like talking to me through my womb so i would get like visions coming from my womb like up into my mind and it would be like I was birthing different ideas from my womb. And that, that's the concept within the new age. Um, so then I, I started to call myself a womb witch and I started to brand and market myself um, rather than just being a yoga teacher as I'd previously been. I started to call myself a womb witch online and teach other women how to activate and heal and channel spirits through through their womb. Um, and that led to the blood magic. So, so in dark. the new now in your in your yeah. mind when you're doing this, I mean mm -hmm. it's so it's now you know it you do deliverance. You, it's yeah. so demonic. It's so dark. I, obviously, you're talking about your testimony. And again, guys, refresh the feed. Everyone that refreshed said that the video's fine. Um, yeah, refresh the feed, and you guys are going to be fine. Make sure you refresh it and stay with us. But it sounds so vile and dark. And you're talking about your womb and speaking to demons. For those that mm -hmm. maybe cut out with, you're speaking to demons through your womb. You're channeling spirits, hearing hearing demons talk. Um, mm -hmm. Did you feel that? Were you, at, at one point, were you ever like, this is crazy. Like, I'm hearing mm -hmm. voices. I'm talking to demons, spirit guides through my womb. Or were you so engulfed in it that you're like, this is my destiny. This is my calling. No, I, I really thought I was doing something good because in the new age, you're taught by your gurus and spiritual teachers that hearing from spirit guides is good. 
having these kinds of visions and activations is good. And you have to remember that all I'd ever known was voices in my head. When I was a child, I was speaking to different spirits and I would audibly hear spirits speaking back to me as a child. And then I had all these different voices in my head telling me to kill myself and telling me all kinds of things throughout my um, tormented teen years and, and in my 20s. So when I become a new ager officially and I start to be a new age teacher, a spiritual guru and a spiritual coach to others, it was normal for me to, now I feel actually a sense of control at this point because now the voices are not tormenting me. They're not telling me you should kill yourself. Now I'm getting these wow. visions and these messages from these voices that seem like, again, the devil appears as an angel of light. These visions would be like about love and about healing. So I think I'm doing something good at, at this point. I really think I'm becoming um, a light worker. That's, that's the term in the new age. So I thought I was a light worker. I thought I was actually serving God or my idea of God. And I thought I was bringing healing to other people. Wow. And is God the universe? What is God to, yes. the, to that? Again, new age is a buffet. It's a blanket term. So of course, mm -hmm. not every new ager says God is this, but in your realm or what you practice, mm -hmm. who was God when you say you're, you're worshiping God? What was that to you? The universe or, or what was it? So when I started in new age, God was the universe, which was like okay. more, more generic. And then the more I honed in on blood magic and did the womb witch stuff, I just became more and more obsessed with the goddess. So I was worshiping the goddess. Of course, there is no such thing as the goddess. There's only one God and he's a male God and it's father, son, and Holy spirit. But in the, in the new age, there's the concept of the goddess, which is a female expression of God, um, that expresses in many different forms. So I worshiped between 20 to a hundred different female deities from the Hindu traditions, Buddhist traditions, um, ancient pagan traditions, Wiccan um different you know different traditions throughout history that have worshipped different um pagan gods so yeah god kind of morphs in new age you don't have to god doesn't have to be one thing in new age god is really just whoever you want god to be Wow. And guys, I don't know if you read the title. This is X Witch Tells All. She is now, which we'll talk about her, her salvation testimony, but she's exposing this stuff, talking about her testimony. This is stuff that churches don't talk about. This is stuff that people, the bottom line is this, there's people in this world realm right now watching this video. There are people in this world, like literally in the world of new age that are lost, broken and hurting, and they don't speak Christianese. They don't speak, mm. invite Jesus in your heart. They don't know what we're talking about when we try to preach just this basic stuff. They need to hear what they're doing is wrong. This is why it's demonic. This is why it's wrong. So tonight, as she's talking about chakras and demonic spirits and womb witch and all of that, she's she's speaking to those people. She's exposing what the devil was doing in her life and people are coming out of this. And we hear testimonies all the time as I sure you have tons of them just on your testimony comments were tons of testimonies of people saying this this was what i needed to get me out of this i needed yeah, because, someone to expose it for what it is yeah because the thing is about new ages well first of all when you're a new ager you don't think you're a new ager i had never heard that term until i became a christian so you really what we call ourselves in the new ages spiritual seekers we are desperately looking for the truth we are hungry for God. We miss him. We need him. We know that we are meant to be in communion with the divine. And so I was a truth seeker, just like every other new ager. And so now I would say to all the Christians watching, like, if you have people in your life who are in new age, you should be encouraged in evangelizing to them because new ages are ripe for Jesus. They're so hungry for the truth 
They are looking for the truth. We are truth seekers in the new age. That's what we call ourselves. And who is the truth? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So when a new ager realizes that Jesus is the truth, we become radical for Jesus in the way that we were radical for the devil before we were saved. That's so good. So now how do you go into the blood magic and what does that mean? What does it consist of? Because I know you started mm. with a very powerful statement that the only blood that has real power is the blood of Jesus. And you're, you're totally speaking my language here. I did a teaching this last week on the blood of Jesus and I could not believe, Nayla, how many mm. verses talk about the, the blood of Jesus, that mm -hmm. it's a forgiveness of our sin. It's what redeems us. It's what bought us back. It's what justifies us. It's what makes us righteous. It's the atonement yeah. of our sin. I mean, the blood, there's so much power in the blood of Jesus. So mm -hmm. much power. Demons hate the blood of Jesus. There's also now a counterfeit version, which is the devil asking for us to sacrifice blood to him. This is why mm -hmm. there's an epidemic right now, specifically in young teenage girls of cutting themselves in the shower. This is a major thing. This will get the video flagged. I'm turning off the monetization on YouTube tonight. I don't even care because I know it's getting all flagged. We don't care. But these young girls now, they're going into the shower and they're cutting mm -hmm. themselves and they're saying, a voice is telling me to cut my legs, cut my thighs, cut my arms. I don't know why, but I'm, I'm feeling pleasure from this. I'm feeling joy mm -hmm. from this, not realizing the demons are are bloodthirsty. I don't know how else to say it. They yeah. are bloodthirsty. They want blood. Talk to us about this because this is the world mm -hmm. you're in now. How do you mm -hmm. get into blood magic and what is what is a blood witch? Well, first, I just want to say that I was that teenage girl cutting myself in the shower. And so if you're in that place, I totally understand the pull to do that because you hear a voice telling you to do it. But I want to say that that voice is a demon. It's yes. not your it's not your thought. It's not you. It's actually an unclean spirit outside of you that has nothing to do with you. It is not you. It is a demon. And it tells you in a way that sounds like your own thought to do something that is demonic, that is dangerous, and that causes you harm. The true God of the universe would never tell you to harm yourself. So I just want to say that the voices you're hearing are not your own. They're demons. Um, and, and please reach out to someone. Reach out to us. Reach, reach out for, for prayer and support yes, if that's you. absolutely. And we're going to pray for you guys tonight as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I began to market myself as a womb witch, and that very quickly evolved into my personal spiritual practice being all about my menstrual blood because in the new age if you're working with the womb if you're doing what we call womb work then you become uh, fascinated with exploring what um, is possible within your creation cycle your menstrual cycle and in new age that's romanticized as something that's um really a, f a physical representation of the goddess, like the creation cycle, like we get summer, um, fall, and then winter and autumn in nature. And so we see that replicated in like the cycle of a woman's womb. And, you know, there are things that, that are true in that, but in New Age, it becomes um, an obsession. So I became obsessed with my own menstrual cycle, Track tracking my menstrual cycle by the moon, um, and collecting my own menstrual blood and using it for blood ritual. And that sounds really crazy to say now, but in New Age, that's very normal and is considered very spiritual and very beautiful and like a very healing thing to do. So I started collecting my menstrual blood and the demons that I had 
um, the different spirit guides I was working with, which are demons, started to tell me to do these different rituals. So I would do everything from um, collecting my blood in different containers. And these demons would tell me like these specific altars to build and then to create these different size containers, dry my blood out in the sun, like pour it into a container, dry it into these discs. And then I was to burn these blood discs at my altar as a burnt offering to the different goddesses that I worshipped, which were um, different Hindu deities or demons. So I had all these different ways of making burnt offerings. And that was something I didn't even learn from another New Age practitioner or anything. It wasn't something I saw on YouTube. This was just direct um, coaching from my spirit guides, from these demons. They were telling me to do these specific rituals. And so as I started to um, learn deeper and, and learn more how to commune with the spirits through my blood, I built bigger altars. I would make bigger sacrifices. I would do chants or cast spells using my blood and the burnt offering. Now, as a Christian, I know that that burnt offering was literally a counterfeit for the burnt wow. offerings we see in the Old Testament. It's, a, it's an attempt to atone for yourself, to atone for your sin before a holy God. But the devil in New Age has you attempting to atone for yourself by burning your own blood to demons. Demons cannot help you. They can't atone for your sins. They can't give you peace. They can't give you joy. Only Jesus can give you that. So I was just like trying to do what only God can do, what only Jesus can do. And he did it, like I said at the beginning, through the outpouring of his own blood as the perfect sacrifice to atone for all sin once and for all. So I don't need to burn my own blood um. or work with my own blood. If you're a new ager who's currently using your own blood, it will never give you peace. It will Come never on. wash away your sins. It will never make you more spiritually wise. It can't give you anything because you're just sacrificing blood to a demon who hates you and wants to destroy your soul. Whereas when you sacrifice your life to Christ by surrendering to him and following him and obeying him, he's already put himself on the altar and poured out his blood as the final sacrifice once and for all. We don't need to do this anymore. And in because he did that, we can actually live in the peace and the freedom that we're longing for because it comes from him. It comes from his spirit. It comes from his perfect finished work on the cross. So that's just to, to, to show you that everything these New Age practices ask you to do is a counterfeit for true freedom through the blood of Christ. But um, yeah, so I, I used to take my blood and paint my third eye with it, which is the, the, chak the, ch the chakra in your head and it's supposedly like your spiritual consciousness. I used to wear my blood, like sometimes I would just take my blood and put it all over my body and wear it like an outfit. I used to anoint my house with my own blood, which again is a counterfeit for the anointing we see of the blood of Jesus in the Bible. And, and the demons oil. are telling you to do this. You're getting the all demons, this. They're telling yeah. you this is where you need to put your, okay, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting like, because in New Age, we all learn from each other. We all do courses with each other and stuff. And you, you, you like go to a guru and he teaches you stuff or you go to like a spiritual coach and she teaches you stuff. But I was getting direct because I was channeling through my womb. I'm channeling these demons. I'm getting direct downloads from these spirits telling me what to do and how to do it. Um, so, yeah, I used to uh, paint the house with my blood, paint myself with my blood. I would do love spells. I would do spells for using my blood i would do spells for money to manifest money into my life spells to um have certain like spiritual experiences and upgrades in the spirit 
spells to open certain doors or portals in my life. I never did any like spells against people. I didn't think I was like a bad witch. I thought I was a good witch. So I wow. thought I was just doing things to do with like love and healing. And um, eventually I graduated to actually consuming my own blood. So that's, some, that's something that they do in, in Satanism. They consume blood as a way to get spiritual power from the devil. So once I got saved, I could see that everything these demons were telling me to do was satanic. Uh, I was doing this unto the devil. I was not doing this unto God. Um, this was definitely like being given to me by demons in order to worship demons and in order to invite more demons into my life. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's a part of all satanic ritual. They consume blood because like I said, there's life in the blood. Um, so Satanists like to consume the blood of infants because that's innocent blood. Now that is the counter. We talked about the innocent blood of infants through abortion. And then there's yeah. the Satanists literally drinking their blood. This is all counterfeit for the only innocent blood that exists. The blood of Jesus Christ, because yes. he's the only innocent one. He's the only perfect spotless lamb. He's the only man who walked the earth and never sinned. He's literally the only innocent. And so... His blood is perfect and his blood redeems and his blood has power because his blood is totally pure. But in the new age and in Satanism, you have people drinking innocent blood, the innocent blood of children to try and get more life and more power in themselves. But of course, they, they actually can't because all power is in the blood of Jesus. That's where yeah. all the power is. So, um, yeah, the devil's a copycat. He can't create anything of his own, so he counterfeits God's Absolutely. spiritual rules and laws in his own dark kingdom. So, yeah, I started to do more and more rituals. Um, I would do blood rituals with my partner at the time, who was my twin flame, um, which is another new age thing that maybe I won't go into, but you can... Uh, look at Angela's we'll episode two. on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll do a part two. And, and again, and Angela has amazing Angela has content a, on this. She and, has a great uh, episode Nayla's on, on this. her on her show as well, two or three times. Great shows there. So if you guys want more of this content, they're exposing the devil over there. And I really see Angela building an army of you, of you ex-New Agers that are coming out declaring war against evil. I mean, really, you guys are, tonight we're declaring war against abortion, against blood rituals, against magic. I told you guys in the beginning, this is not, this is not appropriate for kids. This is really happening in the world, though. And if we don't declare war against this stuff, who's going to? And so I see you, Angela, Taylor, some of the other ex-New Agers. You guys are declaring war against these demonic powers. Really, demonic powers that you were once a home for. Demonic yeah. power. Like, you were literally a hotel for demons. And thinking, the yes. more demons I get, the better. And guys, if you don't know, that is the path that the New Age is on. To an extent, mm -hmm. the deeper you go, as you can see, Nayla was much deeper than some that you know. And she was on this path to maybe wouldn't realize it, but the more spirit guides, which are demons, the more principalities, which are demons, the more spirits you channel, the more power you get. And that, that is what this whole hamster wheel is more rituals. If you guys don't see, she went from seven years old, had that ex terrible experience of being molested. And we're just skipping through a lot. She has a three, almost three hour video on her channel about all of this. Then 19 has this late term abortion. Then now she's going into yoga, right? It's innocent. We're just stretching all this, worshiping false gods. Then she goes into the spiral movement, Kundalini awakening. And I'm skipping some stuff to blood magic, blood rituals. Went from just 
doing altar, blood altar to now, and I'm going to put blood on my body. Now I'm going to put blood on my house. Now I'm going to start drinking my own blood. It's like, man, the devil just took you down this dark, dark road where it keeps escalating. And really the end of the escalation for a lot of people, praise God, this wasn't the end of your story, but for a lot of people, the end of the road is ultimately they take their life. Ultimately, yeah, there's so many demons there. They take their life. Of course, you fought this for many years from the age, like you mm -hmm. said, of 19 to 32. Okay, now everybody wants to know. And of course, you could fill in the blanks I'm missing here. Here you are. Now you're you're drinking your own blood. How do you how do you end up at the foot of the cross? How do you go from mm -hmm. that? Does it get worse? Or now, like I want to hear in my mind, I'm like, how? <laughs> how does someone like you? get saved and it brings me so much hope Nayla it brings me so much hope to say it doesn't matter how far you are doesn't matter mm -hmm. how dark you are God can save the person even in the darkest place and really I said this in the beginning and this is not a weird way but you have such a glow about you when you talk there's such a radiance and it's not just the lighting in Angela's studio which Angela does have <laughs> a nice studio but even I was looking at your Instagram there's a radiance about you a light about you you didn't have that obviously before like you were so dark and God in his redeeming power in his, his, his blood has redeemed you. So let's talk now about, you know, going from the blood ritual stuff, did it get worse? And if not, how, how do you meet God? I mean, it's just an amazing story. Yeah. Oh, glory to God. He is just, I always say to people, if you're looking at someone in your life right now, who just seems like they're not going to get Come saved. On. You know, we've all got someone in our lives where we're like praying for them. We desperately want them to get saved and born again and know Jesus. It just looks impossible. You look at them in the natural and it's like, this cannot happen. If someone had looked at me the day before I got saved, you would have said the same thing about me. There's no way that she's coming to Christ, but God can do it. God can do anything. There's no one too sinful. There's no one too lost for his mercy and for his salvation. So please keep praying for that person. Yes. Um, and he hears our prayers. So uh, yeah, I I got to the point where... I'm drinking my own blood. I'm thinking that I'm a goddess um, because I'm channeling all these different goddesses and they're telling me that I'm a goddess. And then all of my clients and people I work with start to tell me I'm a goddess. And um, I would open my inbox and it would just be full of people saying, you're a goddess. Like often they wouldn't say anything else. It was like the devil was just sending me from every direction. You're a wow. goddess, you're a goddess, you're a goddess, you're a goddess. And I started to believe I was a goddess. So then I felt like that must be my purpose on earth is to bring these um, these secret mysteries, these, these hidden wisdom traditions of different pagan practices, which um, I now know is witchcraft, but I thought that was like something I, wisdom I needed to share with the world to like help liberate people and help wake people up spiritually. So um, the devil will always take you further than you want to go. I didn't set out on my spiritual journey thinking I want to drink my own blood and wow. do blood magic, but that's where it led me. And um, magic works, right? Like I always say to people like you can, it's real. Like yeah. sin, sin feels good and magic works. So yeah. when you do it, you will see results. The problem is, is that it works at a cost and the cost is your soul. So you are, you are breaking God's spiritual law because God says that witchcraft is an abomination yes. and we're not to do it. So when you do it, it doesn't mean it doesn't work. It still works, but you're just breaking the law and, and you're breaking the law against a holy God who created you and gave you life. And so there's consequences for that. The wages of sin is death. So 
yeah, I was getting a lot of power. I mean, I was like levitating and having these crazy visions. Demons were giving me so much power. Um, so I really started to believe I was a goddess. Um, I was in the process of opening like different uh, mystery schools to to continue the work and, and like initiate more women. And again, I have a really in-depth description of all of this in my in my longer testimony. But essentially, I got to the point where I was successful and I was making all the money I could want and people were worshipping me as a goddess and I felt like I'd made it. I'm in this twin flame relationship, which is what everyone covets in the new age. Everyone wants a twin flame relationship. Um, I feel like I've made it. There's nowhere else for me to go in new age. Like I'm, I've arrived. And I'm teaching a big yoga retreat in Bali um, with a friend. I was sharing these different womb practices that I did. And I get home from this big retreat in Bali, which by the way, Bali is like Mecca in new age. Yes. If you make, you make it to Bali, you've made it. So I get home from Bali and I'm like, wow, you know, I've, I've, really, I've really leveled up. I should feel great. I'm at the top of my game. And I sat down and I just looked at my life and I realized I felt absolutely as empty and depressed wow. and just devastatingly miserable as I had when I was 10 years old, when I was cutting myself in the shower. Like nothing had changed except now there's nowhere for me to go. There's no healing journey for me to embark on because I've tried it all. I've done all of the shamanic rituals, the different uh, meditations, the different plant medicines, the different yoga practices. I've healed my trauma by doing all these healing modalities. I've done my shadow work. I've activated all my chakras. I mean, there's nothing else for me to do. I've tried everything. And of course you can keep spinning around in that hamster wheel, but I knew I'd kind of reached a plateau and yet I'm still totally and utterly empty and broken. And so I had an existential crisis realizing that not only am I the same broken girl who wants to kill herself, but I don't know what to do next. Like, wow. what do I do? And um, in that desperation, I started to cry out to God or what I called God, which was the universe, the goddess, the sky. I just started to, I actually said to myself, I'm going to replace my morning yoga practice with just screaming at the sky. Wow. Just crying out to the sky. I demand the truth. I need to know the ultimate truth. Show me the ultimate truth behind all reality. Like I, I knew I had all these like small T truths because I read every book on religion. I read every book on Buddhism and Hinduism and ancient tantric yoga and uh, astro projection and quantum spirituality. And I knew all these like mechanics of how the spirit realm works. And I understood so much. I had so much wisdom. I was studying like different um, mystery traditions within Islam and within Judaism, you know, the Kabbalah. I knew all these mysteries and I had all these like little tea truths because the devil will always put like 80% truth, 20% lie just to like pull you in. So I knew I had all this like small tea truth and I started demanding the big tea truth. I was like, I want the one that is behind everything else. Show me the truth. And I screamed this at the sky every day for like a couple of weeks. Wow. And I would, I would just sit out every morning and weep and cry out to God, show me the truth. And one day I opened my eyes and Jesus Christ was hovering in front of me, Whoa. just floating in the sky in front of me in all his glory with this golden light pouring out from him, just this perfect 
love emanating from him. And all of creation was like responding to him. The air around him was testifying that he's God. And I looked at him and my mouth opened by itself and I said, you are Jesus Christ. So I didn't, I didn't know that. Wow. <laughs> I wow. didn't know who Jesus Christ was, but my tongue confessed him as crazy. As God, just like the scriptures say, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And when I saw him, I knew he was God. I knew he was my creator. I knew he was God of all creation. And um, I just trembled before him and he held out his arms. And as he moved, like all of creation would like ripple around him. Like as if he was, like when you move underwater and everything just ripples. It's like even the air around him, his clothing, the clouds, the trees, the grass is just like singing his glory, just testifying that this is the God who made wow. them and everything else that made me. And he lifts his hands up to his side and he looks at me and he says, I love you, Nayla. And his Ooh. voice rippled from his mouth like an atomic bomb. And it just made all of creation shake. Like it went, it just went out to the edges of the universe. Everything shook. And it was so strange because I, it shook me, but I could feel it shake the entire universe, like beyond me. It, it, he shook everything. It was like an earthquake, like a mighty wind, like the ocean, like a lion's roar. His voice is so powerful, but also it's the most gentle, loving, like safe, beautiful voice that you've ever heard, like more comforting than your own mother's voice, like just like home. So I, I, when he said that, I felt all of this, but I was so wounded, so rejected. I had, I had a massive spirit of rejection. I'd been rejected my whole life. I'd been rejected by everyone that I'd ever wanted to love had rejected me. And I didn't know what love was. I didn't know how to receive that. So when he said that, I actually argued with him. My reaction was to say, well, you have to love me because you're God and you love everyone. Wow. So in that, he revealed my heart to me. You know, we see in scripture, whenever Jesus will come and minister to someone, he will ask them questions and make statements to reveal their own heart to them. And I believe that he said, I love you, Nayla, knowing that I would say, well, you know, I'm not special. You love everyone. That's not really for me to reveal my heart to me. And um, it, so I said, you know, oh, you love everyone. It's not about me. And he responded by saying, you don't understand. And when he said, you don't understand, like, I can't describe with words what it's like to be audibly hearing God speak. Like, each word is like an earthquake. So it's like, you don't understand. It just broke something in my mind that thought I could understand. It's like it opened my eyes to the fact that I literally don't know anything. Doesn't matter how smart I think I am, how many books I've read, how spiritual I think I am. I don't know anything because I don't know him, right? I didn't know his love, so I, I couldn't know anything. I was so self-deceived thinking I had so much self-acquired wisdom, but I actually realized in that moment that I know nothing. I don't know who God is. I don't know who I am, and I don't know why I'm here. And so from that emptiness, he, he came to my right-hand side and stood over me and spoke into my spirit every single reason that he loves me. And I'm sitting there receiving this, hearing him speak into my being. 
I love you because you're Nailer. That's what he said. He said, I love you because you're Nailer. You're the only Nailer in the universe and I created you. Wow. He said, he said, I love you because I knit you together in your mother's womb. Because if I don't have you, there's no other Nailer to replace you with. You are the only one I've made as Nailer. And I adore you because you're mine. You belong to me. And so as I'm having this revelation that this is not only my creator, this is my father. Like wow. this, is so, this is so personal. This is my father. So powerful. It just broke my heart open. And I felt unconditional love in my heart for the first time in my life. Like Jesus Christ truly was my first love. Wow. And I remember when he was saying this to me, feeling this physical sensation of love in my chest, in my heart. And thinking to myself, wow, this is what love feels like. I had never felt it before. And it was just so overwhelming and so healing. It's, it just changed something in me in that moment. And then I opened my eyes again and he's sitting in front of me. And uh, he holds up his right hand really slow. And then he's sitting like this opposite me. And inside of his right hand, there's a flame just burning. And I remember looking at that thinking, how is it not burning your hand? Um, and I was like a child. I was just so in awe of this flame. I kept looking at it and he, he brought it towards me and then he put it into my heart. The flame went into my heart and his hand was on my chest and I felt the weight of his hand on my chest. And uh, that's when I knew that he was actually there with me because I felt a physical hand touch me. Um, and I just bawled. I just cried. I cried out every, it was like I cried a tear for every trauma, every hurt, wow. every, every pain I'd ever felt my whole life since I was in the womb, like every wicked thing that had happened to me and every like unexpressed hurt that I'd been carrying, it just all came out. And I cried and cried and cried for what felt like hours. And when I opened my eyes, he was gone. Wow. So that was my first encounter with the living God. That is and such a crazy, <laughs> that is one of the craziest encounters I've ever heard in my life and so powerful. I think the most powerful thing was that you cried out, basically, whatever God is out there, I want to talk to the top, 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 the God <laughs> above gods, the Lord above lords. You've spent yeah. 32 years worshiping false gods, idols, inviting demons in, doing every dark thing you can think about. And now here you are just outside at your house, crying out to God, and then the God of the universe responds to your cry and shows up and meets you where you are. It's so, so incredible and so amazing. I mean, it's unbelievable in the best way possible. It's unbelievable that this is your story. And I think, you know, for an hour and a half, you've shared your journey. And I think the reason why a lot of people in the chat are saying, you know, I'm crying, I'm crying, I'm crying. So a lot of people in the chat are crying, but it's because we saw your journey. We saw the darkness. We saw the pain. We saw the hurt. And then you see mm -hmm. the grace of God. Really, this needs to be a movie if we're being honest. But you see the <laughs> grace of God show up and you're crying out to this God. You know, the yeah. whoever God's out there show up and then he does and says, I'm Jesus Christ. And you or you say that out of your mouth and I instantly know that th yeah. this is God. How, what do you, where do you go from here? You're, you're 32 at the time. Is that right? 
Yeah, I was 32. So 32 years of truth seeking because I was spiritually hungry even as a baby. As a, even as a toddler, I was like talking to all these demons, trying to wow. figure out how the spiritual reality works. I was such a hungry truth seeker. All I wanted was the truth. I always wanted God, always believed in God, just didn't know who he was. So I mislabeled him. You know, I, I always believed in God since I was a child. But then the label I could put over God was like, oh, the universe or oh, the goddess, because I didn't know who he was. So when he appeared in front of me and revealed himself, I knew for certain that Jesus is God. So now I go from this, this place of not having a clear picture of who God is, just assigning my own preferred identity to God, to having God appear in front of me and show me who he is. So, yeah, I just want to say anyone who's questioning who God is or doesn't feel like they can trust that Jesus is God, even if they're, you know, hearing other people express that they know him as God, ask him for yourself. Ask, ask whoever's out there to show him, show itself, even if you don't believe God is a he, just ask for the truth to show yourself, show me who you are, God, I want to know you. And I think the reason he answered me is because I truly meant it. I wasn't trying yes, to disprove that's him. That's the key. That's the key. I, I remember just thinking back to when I was an atheist at an altar and I said, God, I don't effing believe in you. In my own words, that's all I knew to say. And then mm. God saying, Isaiah, you know, I have a plan for you. And the God of the universe approaching me and speaking to me at an altar in a church when I'm cussing at him. But what you just said, I wanted to key in on because this is how I look back at it, Nayla. In the deepest, very core part of me, I wasn't testing God. I wasn't right. mad at God. I so badly yes. wanted there to be a God. I so yes. badly, and, and deep down in me, and I said this before I cried out was, if you're real, I'll give you everything. If you're real, yes. I'll lay it down. I'll break up my girlfriend. I'll move out of state. I started saying crazy stuff because even though I was an atheist, quote unquote, I wanted so badly there to be a God. And I cried out, you know, God, I don't effing believe in you. But if you're real, I'll do yeah. anything you ask me to do. Not really thinking he was going to show up, but wanting him to. And then yeah. God said, Isaiah, I don't want 99.9% .9 of you. I want everything. And then showed me visions mm -hmm. of me preaching. I was seeing a bright light, all this stuff. It was, it was what you just said is deep down inside. I really wanted there to be a God. And some of you in the chat tonight, deep down inside, you know there's a God. You say yeah. you're an atheist like I did. I thought it was cool to be, I'm an atheist. Really, mm -hmm. I was just an idiot. And saying I'm an agnostic, saying I'm an atheist, saying I'm whatever, I'm into science, I, I believe in this, or whatever dumb science thing you believe in, mm -hmm. deep down beyond all of the little YouTube debates you've watched, all the little intellectual arguments you've heard, you know there's a God. You want there to be a God. And when Paul went into Athens... He said, you guys worship every God you can think of. And then Paul said this, even I see an altar or an idol that says to the unknown God, like you guys worship uh -huh. every God. And, and then even there's a God that's like to the unknown God. We don't even know this God. And there's a story of a tribe that used to worship the God that made the thumb because the tribe said, hey, if there's a thumb, it's so complex the way if you don't have a thumb, you can't hold things. There must be a God that created oh. the thumb. And they used to, I read the story where they used to worship the God that made the thumb and, and a missionary came and said, the God that made the thumb, his name is Jesus Christ. You guys have been years worshiping a God you don't know. And for some of you in the chat tonight, it's time tonight to call it to that God. So here you have this, man, amazing encounter, mind-blowing encounter. Where do you go? Do you go like, well, maybe I should go to church or how, how do you end up now <laughs> involved yeah. in ministry, casting out demons, reading your Bible. Tell us a little bit. I know you've been on an hour and a half. I do want to respect your time and it's much later where no, you're at please. than where I'm at. But how do you go from there, from this encounter to- This is 
This is why my testimony on my own channel is like nearly three hours and it's not even all of it because yeah, it's, it's just, just man. And like I, I, I could talk about Jesus Christ all day, every day. So yeah, I'm happy it's to amazing. go as long as we need to. Um, I wish that I had thought, let's go to church or read the Bible, but because of my background, I didn't know that that was even an option. And also the devil blinds your mind to yes. the option of Christianity when you're in the occult and when you're so, um, when you're in such a bondage to Satan and he's your master and you're just worshiping demons. Like it's not even, it wasn't even in my awareness. So I wish someone had said to me, read the Bible, but I didn't know any Christians. So I told all my new age friends that I met Jesus. I told my partner at the time I saw Jesus and it just didn't land in anything like people, people in the new age think that Jesus is an ascended master. They think that he's just a light being like all the other ascended master wow. light beings like Buddha. And basically they think he was a man who was on earth, who was kind of cool and had some cool ideas. And then he died and now he's an ascending, ma an ascended master. So they consider Jesus a spirit guide. They don't think he's God. So it just, yeah, no one in my life could tell me to read the Bible because they didn't read the wow. Bible themselves. So I started to look <clears throat> for God myself, for Jesus myself, but I didn't know where to look. So all I knew was I want more of him. Wow, that's so powerful. And so I Googled him, which is like a terrible thing to do if you're a new ager, because my yeah. algorithm, my algorithm was like 32 years of witchcraft. So anyway, I, I put in like Jesus Christ and I got up all these um, new age counterfeits for Jesus. There are many fake Jesuses in new age. Um, there's hippie Jesus. They say he was a yoga teacher and that he was in like a tantric sexual relationship with Mary Magdalene and they had a child together. There's so many false gospels within the new age and false Jesuses. So I got really sucked into, um, what they call Christ consciousness. It's a total demonic counterfeit for the, the true gospel of Jesus. It's got nothing to do with the God of the Bible. But um, yeah, the, the devil used my new age background to just take me through a back door and just into more deception, but wow. with deception with Jesus slapped on it. So um, yeah, I I really see the, the, the grace of God in that too, though, in that journey, because, you know, the Bible says where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. And I continued to sin and go deeper into witchcraft than ever before, deeper into new age than ever before with an innocent heart of like, I want to know Jesus, where is he? But looking wow. in a buffet that only has demonic stuff on it, like there's only demonic options within my world at the time. <clears throat> and uh, like I said, the devil blinds you because I read the Quran, I read other spiritual books, other I read, I was even incorporating Catholicism, like the rosary and different rituals into my new age stuff, but I never thought to read the Bible. It's like, it was this blind spot. Wow. I couldn't. Um, so anyway, eventually the short, the short version of what took a year is that I went deeper and deeper into witchcraft. I got possessed by a very high-ranking demon called Sophia Christ. She's a goddess who claims to be the feminine expression of Jesus Christ, oh. but of course is just a very big demon. Um, and I got possessed by her, and I'd had demons my whole life, but this possession was different. Um, and the only way I can explain it is that she was just a higher-ranking demon. So when she took over my body, I felt her physically take control. Like she entered, and I knew that like I was her slave basically. Um, 
she told me to shave my head, so I shaved my head. She, I started channeling wow. like all of these crazy downloads from her. I would wake up in the night and she would just like have me pick up my phone and she would just speak through my mouth and I'd just record everything she would say. And she used, she used to literally take over my tongue and say, I am Sophia Christ, the Lord. So she, so you see demonic. how the, you see how the devil took like a genuine hunger for Christ that I, that had been awakened in me and gave me all these Christ counterfeits. So please, if you're, if you're following any doctrine that says it's about Jesus, that is not the Bible, the Holy Bible, it's a false doctrine. It's a false gospel. It's a false Jesus. Um, but I didn't know that at the time. So I went all the, through all these different, um, crazy things. I ended up, um, yeah, just channeling this big goddess, which she gave me more power, more money. I got more popular in New Age. Um, I was selling her downloads and her wisdom keys to my clients. And um, eventually she started to say to me, build me a temple. I started hearing my her command me to Crazy. build a physical temple. Yeah, she wanted a physical temple because at that point I was doing everything online, you know. And I would occasionally host a retreat or a workshop, but I was mostly online. And she wanted me to build a physical temple a physical mystery school that I could invite women to and initiate them into these blood arts, into these dark feminine arts of the goddess. Um, and so I started building the temple. She gave me very specific um, like uh, plans of, of like the proportions and the altars I had to build and the colors I had to use and everything. It was very specific. And then she told me, um, brand yourself to me. And she wanted me to get three tattoos on my body. One was a massive serpent down my arm, which in the new age, goddess worshippers believe that the serpent represents the goddess and represents wisdom, spiritual wisdom. But in fact, the serpent represents the devil and Preach. always has. Preach. So I did not know that at the time. And new ages don't know that. So it's not their fault. They've been lied to. The, the serpent represents Satan himself. That's the only thing that the serpent represents. Um, the serpent has always represented the devil throughout scripture, throughout history, even in ancient uh, Egyptian inscriptions where they would use the serpent to represent the goddess, they would be using it to represent a demon that they all worshiped that gave them power in return for child sacrifice and other, thing, other wicked things. So the, the serpent has always represented Satan. So she wanted me to have this big serpent here. Here she wanted me to have the eye of Horus, which it, we know is this the symbol on the American dollar that uh, is connected to Freemason, the Satanists, yeah. all the other wicked things that rule this world. And then here she wanted me to have an Egyptian Ankh, um, which is also a symbol of the goddess in ancient Egypt or the serpent. So it was like serpent, serpent, serpent. Um, and I was about to do it and I'm about to launch the temple. And I'm thinking at this time, like I'm at the peak of my new age spiritual awakening journey so i'm like i've gone into a completely different level of delusion i now at this point believe that i'm not only a goddess but i'm an alien from planet lemuria who's been sent here as a star seed light worker to awaken humanity so basically i think i'm a kind of jesus like i'm here to wow. help i'm here to help everyone ascend to 5d consciousness and birth the new earth that was my mission my soul mission as given so to me crazy. by the demons that I was listening to. Um, and so I'm taking all my clients through these, these workshops in December 2020, believing that we're about to go through a portal. I was big into astrology at the time. 
I believed we were going through an astrological portal that would awaken us all into a new reality. We were going to be new creations. We were going to die to ourselves and be born again as new gospel (laughs) it's such a false gospel we were going to be born again as like in 5d consciousness so as like higher ascended uh, level of consciousness anyway i'm going through this and uh jesus is still chasing after me so hard like i didn't know it but things happened like he had me go and buy a cross i had this feeling I had to wear a cross. There were all these things that it was just him like tugging at me whilst I'm doing all this other stuff. So I want to say that, you know, even when you're in the pit of hell, the Bible says, like, if you're in the valley of the shadow of death, Jesus is still there. Like he, if he, if he has your, his hand on your life, he's not giving up on you. He is the God who leaves the 99 to go after the one lost sheep. He will chase you down. He is a romantic God who pursues you like a jealous lover. Like he doesn't give up. He loves us all so much. If he's coming for you, you can't get away from him. Like even if you run to the ends of the earth or into hell itself, the Bible says, God will come for you when it's your hour. When on the day of salvation, on your day of salvation, he will he will rescue you and that's what he did for me so i'm about to launch the temple i'm about to brand myself with these demonic tattoos and jesus christ one night just bust into my bedroom basically it felt like he kicked the window in his spirit flooded my bedroom i'm lying in bed and his holiness was so thick and heavy around me that i immediately started to repent i had never in my life considered before this point that i was a sinner but i opened my mouth and started to say i'm a liar i'm a thief i'm a fornicator i'm dirty i'm wicked and i need you to forgive me otherwise i'm gonna burn i just i knew that i was a sinner first time in my life i ever had the thought that i was maybe not good um I was, I thought I was a good person. I thought I was trying to help people. And he showed me every single sin I ever committed. His, his Holy Spirit was so heavy on me like a blanket that I just, I just wept and repented for every sin I'd ever, I'd ever done. Even, even secret sin in my heart, sinful thoughts. Like he showed me everything that I'd ever done that was wicked since I was born. And um, I felt like I, w- I was going to die. I had such a fear of God. I I had a a knowing in the spirit that if I don't get your forgiveness right now, God, I'm going to burn for eternity. I knew that if I couldn't get forgiveness from him, that I was going to be separated from him forever. And that thought was so painful and so terrifying. I was trembling and I was weeping. And then I just felt like I died in my bed. Honestly, I, I kind of, everything went quiet and still within me. And when I, when I woke up or it felt like waking up. I don't know. I didn't go to sleep, but I just felt like I died. And then I like took a new breath and all I could feel was God's love and forgiveness washing me. I, I saw him in the spirit again. I heard his voice telling me you're forgiven and I'm just crying and weeping. And I opened my mouth and I said, Jesus Christ is the only way to God. And as wow. soon as I uttered those words it was like i i physically saw them like leave my mouth and go toward him and it was like the entire universe just broke open with those words and i was i was a new creation in that moment i knew that everything i had been doing before was witchcraft and evil i knew that jesus christ is the only way to god and that there is no other way to get to him there's no other spiritual practice 
every other spiritual practice is from the devil. I knew it instantly. I knew that God is not a woman. God is a father. And I knew, I knew that uh, I had to repent and turn from everything I'd ever done that wasn't Jesus. Wow. So the next, yeah. So the next day I canceled my, my, I closed down my business. I dissolved my business. I went into the back end of my website, deleted all the demonic content I'd spent years creating wow. thousands and thousands of dollars worth this of content. This is 2021 that you're doing all this. Yeah, this is January, wow. 2021. And uh, I called all my clients and I, I tried my best. I mean, I was like, I didn't know what was happening to me, but I tried my best to explain why I couldn't continue the work. I told them Jesus is the only way to God and everything I've been teaching you is witchcraft and it leads to hell. Um, and I'm so sorry I've been teaching you this stuff. Please come and come and look for Jesus with me. Um, but, you know, I really wish I'd known what I know now to be able to minister to them. I was just a newborn. I didn't know how to say it. I didn't really know what was happening to me. Um, I took all of the occult objects out of my house. The Holy Spirit led me around the house, taking every crystal, every idol, every Buddha statue, every uh, demonic altar I'd created. And I took everything outside and I burned it in a massive bonfire. And it took about three hours to burn everything down. And when it finally finished and it was just the embers, um, the devil's face appeared in the fire. So I'm burning wow. all these, I'm, I'm burning occultic books that teach you how to be, be your own God. And as these books are burning, this huge dragon face appears in the fire and it has like spiky teeth and slitty eyes and a tongue and it's hissing at me. And, and I can feel this profound, demonic, terrifying presence of Satan coming from this fire. And I even took a picture of that face because I thought no one would ever believe this, that wow. a fire that a fire could literally look like a dragon. Um, and I'm standing there screaming, you have lost Satan. I belong oh, to Jesus Christ. I am free. <laughs> I belong to Jesus. I renounce everything to do with the devil. And from that moment on, God just started showing up in supernatural ways to deliver me from all of the demons that I had. He literally was pulling demons out of me. I had wow. one yeah, it, it's just wild. Like there's one experience where I'm lying in bed and this is, this is the demon that entered through the sexual molestation, the sexual perversion when I was seven. I'm lying in bed and I see Jesus's hand come down like this in the spirit and it's translucent. It's, it's exactly the hand I saw when I saw him in, in the flesh, but this time it's translucent. And, it, and it, he puts his hand into my womb, grabs this thing, and yanks it out. I feel like a cork pop in my womb and my whole bed filled with water. N nothing but it was water. It was like a, a, a biblical flood in my bed and it wasn't anything else. It wasn't me going to the bathroom. It was water. Like when a pregnant woman's waters break from my womb and I felt him pull out this evil black thing. And then he showed, he showed me in the spirit, this was a demon that had been living in my womb since I was seven years old, physically in there. And as soon as it came out in the spirit, there was a physical manifestation of the release. So all these things are happening to me like day after day. I spent the first three to six months of my salvation like on the floor, weeping, worshiping Jesus, being delivered by his hand. I, I didn't have any fellowship. I didn't have any... Uh, people around me. Jesus was just ministering to me. He taught me spiritual warfare. He taught me how to use his name as a sword, how to fight in the spirit and how to defeat demons. 
And uh, yeah, he was discipling me because he knew that I didn't have fellowship. I didn't have a Bible. I was just there like on the my Bible own. The says the Holy Spirit will come and disciple you. It's like biblical. It's incredible. Yes. Yes. And he knew I didn't have a Bible or I didn't even know about that yet. So I don't know how much time we have, but the story of how I got my Bible is pretty cool. I can tell you yeah, that. Let's do, time. I know it's an hour and 40 minutes. You have to get up at three in the morning. Uh, your mom's <laughs> yeah. in the chat and said you have to get up at three to go to the airport. So let's do the um, story of how you got your Bible because I'm interested in that. And then I'm going to have you pray for the chat. And then we're going to have to do a part two because yeah. we're two hours in and we're barely, we got so much more. I, I think I've gone through so five much. of the questions and I had like 30 down. But yeah, let's for sure. It's so powerful. Everything you, you've shared is right. It's exactly what God wanted you to share. And it's touching mm -hmm. people. It's reaching people. And we're going to give a call and we're going to pray for you guys as well right here at the end. But tell me about how you got a Bible because I'm, I'm interested in all of it. I'm like, I'm fully invested right. in the story. Right, because I'm, I'm really isolated. I'm in the Pyrenees Mountains with no people around me at the time when I got saved like in the middle of nature, just trees and me and Jesus. And uh, he knew I didn't have a Bible. So he sent uh, my previous uh, psychic medium that I used to visit when I was in New Age to my house. And she saw that I was just like on the floor, weeping, worshiping Jesus. And I couldn't really speak. I, all I could say was Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And she actually was the one who accidentally told me to get a Bible because she pointed at me and said, whatever you do, do not read the Bible. Wow. And in that in that moment, I knew that I had to get a Bible. So I, I just ran to Google and ordered the first Bible I could get. And um, and and when I received when it arrived at my house, I took it to the river. I opened it up. And when I read the first few lines of Genesis, the whole world shook again, just like when I had met him, like outside of my Bible in my peripheral vision, everything went Doo -doo. and I was like, wow. This is the same God. The same God I saw in front of me is the same God who's speaking to me through these words in the Bible. And I knew that the Bible was the word of God, the, the true and complete word of God. And um, yeah, then after that, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit in the shower. And to come back to the blood, I was in the shower and the shower turned into blood and it was pouring over me. I started to speak in tongues and I looked up and I saw Jesus on the cross above me and his blood was just washing me. So it's like he showed me that his blood is the only blood that can wash you clean. And he redeemed all that disgusting witchcraft I did with blood by showing me like, yes, this is the power of blood and the devil does use blood, but my blood is the only blood that can wash a human soul clean of their sin. It's the only blood that leads to freedom. It's the only blood that has true life in it. And that's why the blood of Jesus is more powerful than any sickness, any principality, any infirmity, any, any death, any lie in this world. Like Jesus's blood defeats everything, uh, conquers everything and, and protects everything. So yeah, I, I, I kind of wanted to talk about some of the other things on your list. I'm sorry yeah, I went let's so long. Do, no, I no, get no, lost when I'm telling my let's testimony. Do, let's do the last story we'll tell and don't even feel bad. Don't. It's amazing. It's right. Is um, your baptism. Talk really quickly about the baptism. Oh, yes. and I'm going to have you pray for the for those in the chat that mm -hmm. are listening. And then we'll give, I'll yeah. get you off and give everyone a chance to give after that. But go ahead and tell us. Yeah, I want to hear how you got baptized and you got deliverance yes. as well while you were being baptized. Yeah, so when I was um, at my baptism, which was quite a while after I was saved, like seven months after I was saved, um, there was a voice in my head all the way to the baptism that was screaming, 
I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. And I was just so anxious. I was trembling. And this voice was, it felt like my whole, all of my flesh was screaming, I don't want to die. And that didn't make sense to me because I loved Jesus. I wanted to be baptized. You know, I chose to go there to have the baptism. And yet my flesh was screaming at me. Um, I now know it was a demon screaming, I don't want to die. And um, I just, I, I, I was crying uncontrollably in the back room of the church. I couldn't stand up from my chair. There was a presence of force holding me down in the chair. Um, I was trembling and I just, I couldn't stand. And people came to pray for me. Nothing, nothing could comfort me. I couldn't stop wailing. I was crying like hysterically. And this voice is screaming, I don't want to die. And uh, people were praying, but nothing was working because I was in a religious church at the time and no one actually identified this was a demon. So people were sort of praying like, oh, Lord, please give her peace and please comfort her. You needed deliverance. You didn't need peace. You needed to get that demon cast out of you. I I needed someone in authority to command it to leave. Um, But eventually, you know, God is so good. Like if you don't have what you need then he's faithful to get you through to finish the good work he starts like i didn't have a bible so god would teach me the bible in my dreams at night and teach me spiritual warfare himself i didn't have someone to deliver me at that time so he came and delivered me anyway so he used um, a song that someone was singing in the room to just get my attention i started to sing this psalm out loud and i started to come out of agreement with this demon and it shot out of me I felt it shoot out of my body. Um, it was such a crazy supernatural experience. I physically felt it leave out the top of my head. And the woman next to me actually said she felt something like graze her cheek while she was praying for me. There was like this this gust of wind above my head that felt like it was going to knock her over and the demon left. And I just dived straight into the baptism tank and I was so joyful. Like all the resistance, all the fear was gone as soon as the demon left. Um, but you know, demons really don't want you to get baptized because once you're baptized and you are truly dead to yourself, you're, you enter into another, another like level of your walk with the Lord where it's like the bap, the baptism is done and it's like demons, demons can't swim, you know, or something. They just try to do, try to do everything to keep you out of that water. Egyptian, the Bible says it's like the Egyptians drowning. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, once I was baptized, like there was just such a difference. Like before that I loved Jesus, but I was, I had a fear of man. I found it hard to share the gospel. I was kind of scared. I still had some torment happening within me after the baptism and that deliverance. I was on fire. I couldn't help but share the gospel. I was filled with joy. Um, I, I truly felt like totally free of all fear um, to just go out and share Jesus. So that's what I've been doing ever since. Wow. Wow. So now you're sharing on social media. Um, mm-hmm. what, what else are you doing? What do you feel God is calling you to do right now? And then I'm going to have you pray for the chat. Okay. Well, I actually feel like what I'm called to do at the moment speaks to your last question about um, which we were going to get to, which was about why I think the church is kind of ignorant or afraid about supernatural warfare or the supernatural yeah. in general. Because really at this time, I feel like the Lord is calling me to share these things like I've shared today because the spiritual realm is so real and so many Christians don't really believe or understand um, that demons are real and that there are demons operating in their lives and um, that they need to take authority in Christ and, and actually know their identity in Christ, know that they have 
the power to um, crush the serpent and the scorpion under their feet. So, um, yeah, I feel like the reason that the church is kind of afraid of the supernatural is because the modern church has been brought up in the natural. So it's like the church, the Western church is largely quite carnal. Um, you know, Paul was writing to the churches saying, you know, don't be carnal. But I think the Western church is, is at large quite carnal in the sense that the supernatural is kept out and, and it's just kind of like a natural thing of, yeah, we believe in a supernatural God who raised Jesus from the dead, but we don't believe that that same supernatural God is moving supernaturally today in my life. It's like it, it's all for 2000 years ago, but the Bible says that God is the same today as he was yesterday and as he will always be. So that that same supernatural God that parted the Red Sea and raised Jesus from the dead is the same God that you serve and the same Holy Spirit that you have if you're born again and, and baptized and you're a believing disciple of Jesus. So I feel like God has uh, been using my testimony recently to also remind the church that the supernatural is very real and that we need to take authority over demons and we need to actually walk in the power that Jesus yes. gave us. He gave us the power to cast out demons, heal the sick, and to share the gospel and to set people free. People are desperate for freedom, whether they're in the church or in new age. There's so many people suffering. They yeah. want freedom. They want peace. They need deliverance. They need healing. They need these demons that are telling them to kill themselves and hurt themselves and sacrifice their babies to the devil. They need these, these voices out of their lives. And we as the church have the authority in Christ to actually set people free in his name by his Holy Spirit, not by anything we could do in our own strength, but by his power and his might, we have the power to actually heal the sick and set the captives free in Jesus name. So I feel like that's an important part of my ministry now is not only speaking to ex-New Agers or New Agers or um, other people who are on a spiritual journey looking for God but are lost, but also speaking to the body of Christ to say, wake up and take authority. Get your identity right. Realize that you're a born-again child of God and that you have been given the right to walk in His power by His Come Spirit. On. In order to help others, it's not for you. It's not for you to gain something. It's for you to set the captives free. It's for you to share so the gospel. Nayla, I see God has such a ministry for you. I see you at many churches sharing the story. <laughs> I see you writing books. I see you doing podcasts. I see you growing on social media. And really, I do see you in many churches sharing this and getting the word out there because there really is few people, you, Angela, a few others, that have such prolific testimonies of God bringing you out of the new age. And especially now the new age is exploding. It's so popular and common. God is going to use you guys massively, not just outside the church, but also inside the church to share these testimonies. And I'm really, I'm really hoping, I know thousands of pastors watch this and you know, there'll be a million downloads on this episode, but I'm praying that many of these pastors will reach out to you hit you up and say, hey, come share this at the church. Let's wake the church up. Let's get everybody's eyes open and let's get some soldiers in here. Let's get let's get some soldiers that are armed and dangerous, have the right theology, have the right context of who Jesus is. Jesus is undoubtedly God, 100%. There's demonic doctrines that are becoming popular where Jesus is not God. Jesus 100% is God. He's not a thought. He's not just from, from the Father. He's 100% God. And this is what I've been hearing you say over and over and over again. Jesus is God. Jesus is God. And I'm believing Amen. God's going to open up many doors for you. 
I really believe that. I really see that in the spirit. God's going to open up many doors for you to share your testimony at different churches, different places, different channels. I see much, you know, more interviews coming and God making a way. It's just powerful. It's powerful. My mom just said this is one of the most powerful testimonies I've ever heard. She's in the chat right now. Shout out to wow. my mom. And just so powerful. Well, so, all glory to God. All man, glory to so God. Man, so awesome what God is doing. Let, let's, uh, I want to I have you pray if you feel comfortable doing that, praying for those that are maybe watching or on the replay that are in the new age right now in that world. And let's just pray for them. All of you Christians, listen, I prayed for y'all last night. I'm going to be praying for you guys again Friday. We have prayer streams all the time. This is not your moment right here. We want to pray for those. And I want you Christians in the chat to pray with us for those in the new age deception and the starseed gospel, thinking they're goddesses, whatever they're going through, maybe they need deliverance. Let's gather tonight as a church. There's 3,000 people live right now on both platforms. Let's gather together as the church and pray that people would come out of darkness and then maybe those in the chat that need it, you can pray for it. However you feel led, um, if you're comfortable doing this, I'd love for you just to say a prayer over the chat. I would love to do that. Thank awesome. you so much. Father, I thank you so much for this time. Thank you for bringing me and Isaiah together to have this conversation. Thank you for every single person who is watching or listening right now live or in the replay. I just bless every single listener in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that you would move mightily tonight in everyone who's watching, especially those who are truth seekers, who genuinely deeply are looking for truth, who want God, who long to know you, but don't know how to find you, or they've been seeking so long that they've lost themselves in deceptions, in doctrines of demons, in angels that appear as angels of light, but are actually from Satan, that are demons, that are deceivers. I pray that you would speak into the minds and hearts of every new ager, every person who considers themselves spiritual, and show them, show them that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to you, God, except through him. I pray, Lord, for opened eyes. I pray for transformed hearts. I pray that you would tear back the veil of deception that the enemy has cast over their eyes and reveal yourself in your glory to them like you did to me. I pray that you prepare their hearts to receive the gospel and send Christians into their lives to share the good news. I pray for encounters with your Holy Spirit. I pray for repentance from sin. And I pray that everyone who's listening right now who truly wants God would cry out to you tonight in desperation and humility and that you would set them free, open their eyes, renew a right spirit in them and make them born again by the power of your Holy Spirit. I pray salvation over every listener who doesn't know Jesus Christ personally, that they would be drawn tonight to cry out to you, Jesus, and just ask who you are. Just welcome you into their hearts. In Jesus' name, I pray for new life in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Thank you that you're so good that you will never give up pursuing your children. You are the God who will chase after every lost soul. You desire every single person to be saved. And I know that you're faithful to, to find those who are looking for you and ready to receive you. So please, God, move. Come with your Holy Spirit and move right now over every person under the sound of my voice. Touch them, Lord. Reveal yourself to them. I pray for your glory and your salvation to drop right now on everyone who's listening. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. So powerful. Amen. 
so powerful. I know God is moving right now and we'll move on the replay. Me, you and Angela need to do an episode. We'll go six hours with us three. We could go hours and hours. I want to give a special thank you, number one, to you for changing your flight to be able to do this podcast. I know it was kind of last minute of when I asked you to be on. I really felt like it was the Holy Spirit spoke to me to have you on. And I really, I know it was the Holy Spirit. I'll just say it that way for the sake of time and you changed your flight to be on. I want to also thank Angela Uchi having a healing podcast for letting you use our studio, being very hospitable to you, making the connection. And you know, you guys are sisters and I love what God is doing in your guys's life. I love that you guys stay close in fellowship and you guys are pursuing God, pursuing that narrow road. You know, I heard Angela the other day in one of her podcasts saying, people say, are we charismatic? Are we Pentecostal? What kind of Christian are we? She's like, we're narrow road. We're on the yes. narrow road. So that's what we are. If y'all are wondering, Amen. I'm stealing that from Angela. I wouldn't take credit, <laughs> but she's in the chat. So I can't take it from her while she's watching. But yeah, we're narrow road Christians. And I, I love the way she said that. Where else can people mm-hmm. find you and follow you? A lot of people are like, what is your name on Instagram? Guys, <laughs> I have her YouTube in the description it's no look look at there's three thousand of you go subscribe it's in the bottom right there just click the button make it big hit subscribe on her channel apart from the youtube where else can people find you if they want to follow you yeah you can find me at undone by grace on instagram and i think i have my instagram linked on my youtube in the description as well and i'm naila rose on youtube um and my my testimony is also on youtube but yeah i mostly hang out on instagram so come and follow me over there undone by grace undone by grace and if you type in nayla rose it, for me at least on instagram her her page comes up so you can check that out on instagram and then go to her youtube channel it's linked there it's man such a powerful story thank you so much for being on i'm gonna stay on for a bit and let people give and then i'll message you tonight because i want to bless your ministry i want to also cover your flight because i know you had to buy a new flight and so i appreciate that i'm going to fully cover all those expenses thank you so much for being on what a powerful testimony you have thank you so much brother it's just such an honor and i just want to say that i've been looking forward to meeting you because i knew in my spirit for a long time that you're a true brother and that i've just felt such a such a love for you and you're just such a humble, genuine man of God. So, Thank yeah, so I, I know that you get a lot of hate online for what you do and what you say. No, but just a little. No, yeah, I really I really want to just encourage everyone. Like if you have judgments about Isaiah, know him personally before you judge him, because he is a genuine, humble man of God. And he is just truly practicing what he preaches so thank you so much yeah. i didn't pay her to say that by the way guys i haven't no, sent he her didn't anything yet <laughs> i haven't sent her anything yet but thank you so much I'm for saying so that. honored to be I really here with you it. angela said love you both and i'm crying downstairs yeah thank you angela, oh, as well we love you angela yeah awesome make sure you guys check out our <laughs> channel thank you so much for being on tonight i'm gonna stay on for a little bit and uh get them to sew into your ministry thank you for being on tonight we'll thank talk you. soon thank you thank god you bless. god bless you what a story guys oh my side camera why does my camera do that delays what a testimony i'm speechless y'all let me know in the chat was this one of the best podcasts we've ever had i want to know in the chat i think it was i really do think it was so you guys let me know what a powerful testimony what a powerful story i mean i'm just completely completely speechless on on this testimony just so so good um, let's, let's practice what we preach and let's, sow. there's 3000 of you on right now. If everyone gives a dollar, it'll be way more than enough. I want to pay for her flight. Cause she did buy a brand new flight so she can be on the show tonight. I want to pay for her flight and I want to sow into her ministry. I don't want these people to come out of the new age, come out of witchcraft that we keep preaching about the harvest 
and then us not support them and us not partner with them. So I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I'm going to sow into her for my own personal finances. And then I'm going to take what you guys sow and what you guys give and pour that into her ministry as well tonight. My chat just crashed. It's still working for you guys though. I'll have to reload that. Guys, I can't even tell you how many issues we had tonight on the computer. My mouse stopped working. My keyboard stopped working. Two different pairs of AirPods stopped working. My camera stopped working. I had to restart my computer. Her camera was glitching. I mean, the devil was so mad about this. And by the way, my stream has been working perfect all night. And it randomly just, and now look, my chat's not even working. I have to read the chat on screen, thankfully. But yeah, the devil did not want this to happen. I'm not the guy that thinks, oh, everything's the devil. But I'm telling you right now, I have multiple pairs of AirPods here not working. The devil did not want the show to go on, but we prevailed in Jesus' name. I know a lot of you said that it was glitching on YouTube. That was not me. That was YouTube. It was perfect on my end. I was testing on my phone. Facebook was fine. Um, we made it. The devil's mad. We gave him a black eye. We exposed his kingdom. He does not like being exposed. He lost massively. So let's sow into this tonight. Let's sow into her ministry. Warren and Donna, thank you. They already gave and said, and yeah, my chat on my thing is not working. Restream. So whatever. The devil's a liar. I'll read it on screen. Warren and Donna gave and said, what an amazing story. Thank you for sharing it. Thank you, Warren and Donna. Guys, you can give in the comments on YouTube, in the comments on Facebook, or right here. If you can afford to give, then don't give. Okay, if you can afford a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, whatever you can afford, so into this ministry, it's good ground. We're gonna keep putting out this content. We're 160 episodes, guys. We, I mean, I'm not trying to be arrogant, but who else on YouTube is putting out 160 podcast episodes live? We're not doing pre recorded, we're not editing out. We are live, thousands of people on here every single week, three times a week. We're live. We'll be live again Friday at noon for all 3,000 of you. Make sure you come back. We'll be live again Friday at noon. Um, doing call-in. We're going to be taking your questions. We did it almost two and a half hours last time. I don't know how long we go this Friday. It'll be a great time Friday at noon Pacific time. Wow. What an episode. Isaiah Saldivar is speechless. That doesn't happen often, but it's very special when it does happen. So again, what a testimony. What a testimony. So go ahead and give guys, give to those links and I'll read the comments while you guys are, while you guys give cash app. <laughs> Me making a cash app is like me going to the gym. It's going to happen at some point soon. Uh, Alyssa, if you're watching right now on live, uh, please remind me to make a cash app. But I, I told her, you know, I didn't want the kids watching tonight because it wasn't appropriate for kids, as I said in the beginning. But yeah, I'll make a cash up soon. Angela said, so glad y'all did this. Thank you, Angela. We appreciate you. Again, make sure you subscribe to Heaven and Healing Podcast. I can't stress that enough. Isaiah needs a cash up in Jesus' name. I'll have one soon. They banned me years ago and I just didn't, I didn't make it interview Kat Von D. I didn't message Kat Von D. She did respond to my message. And I also told her if she ever wants to come on and share her story, it's open to her. So she has an open invite. She knows that she read the message. She responded to me. So yeah, if she wants to do that, she can, but yeah, it is what it is. Praise the Lord. Okay. Um, let's read the Venmo again. I want to bless her ministry. So partner with me on the website, partner with me on the PayPal link in the comments or the PayPal or here or the Venmo or the Zelle. I have all of it, but cash app, y'all. You guys can figure this out. Let me read the Venmo here. Again, thank you guys for giving. If everybody gave a dollar, it'd be huge. For those of you that are like, oh, you're milking your audience, 1% uh, of our live givers actually sow into us. Actually, less than 1%, usually. So go cry somewhere else. That's all I'm going to say to you. That's all I'm going to say. We're not beggars, we're believers. If you don't want to give, you got you're here for free for two hours. So it is what it is. 
Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.